the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, at least he wasn't smoking weed. Yeah, the Steelers play a game tonight. There's a good chance that Antonio Brown's speed is going to be a factor. But uh, his speed got him in some trouble today, and it had nothing to do with his 40 time. He was pulled over for going over 100 miles an hour, not on 79, but on McKnight Road. Now, I haven't heard any actual numbers. I've just seen, maybe it's maybe there's been details that I haven't seen, but the last I saw, it said over 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road. Uh, that could mean 105 or 120. Either way, only a moron would go over 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road. But this is the same guy who's, uh, I'm sure you remember this, he's been accused of throwing furniture off the 14th floor balcony onto the swimming pool below at his condo down in Florida. And I'm not familiar with the traffic laws, but seriously here, it would seem to me that there should be a much stiffer penalty than a $200 ticket. I think that's what I heard. That may not be true, but I, as far as I know, all he got was a ticket. And he might get suspended, but uh, still, it, it, it seems to me that if you're going to decide to go 100 miles an hour uh, and on a road like that, there should be a much stiffer penalty than a, than a ticket, no matter how much the ticket's for. Um, on a road like that. It's bad enough to be doing it on 79 or 279, but you're really putting people in some serious danger if you're going down a non-interstate highway with lots of businesses and traffic at over 100 miles an hour. Now, Antonio's obviously a child. He hasn't grown up yet, even though he's 30 years old. And fans will probably just think of this as nothing more than just a speeding ticket and another idiotic thing that he did. But it should be more than that. seems it should be worth some jail time to me, and not just for Antonio Brown, but for anybody convicted of going over 100 miles an hour in the middle of the day on a road like that. I mean, I'm not talking about life in prison, but how about 30 days, you know, instead of a ticket? That might might work as a little bit of a deterrent. So uh, they, have a, they have a game tonight, and we'll see if it matters. It won't matter, and people will be fine with it. He can go 300 miles an hour if he catches a couple of touchdowns tonight. Uh, but enough about Antonio Brown and the Steelers. There are a lot of more important things going on. I'm sure you've heard. Uh, there's been another shooting out in California. Twelve people dead uh, after a 28-year-old Marine, former Marine, who served in Afghanistan, shot up a bar. I think it was filled mostly with college kids. It was college night at this country bar out there. And then he killed himself. And they're still looking for answers. And it sounds like it could be a case of PTSD. His mother said she was afraid of him uh, since he came back from Afghanistan and said a lot of the neighbors were afraid of him, too, because of the way he was acting. I'm sure a lot more of that will come out soon. Uh, And, of course, it started the usual debates about gun control. But this guy's ex-military and what law was going to prevent him from getting a gun? In this case, a semi-automatic handgun, by the way. I won't mention his name here because I don't think these killers should get the publicity that seems to be so important to most of them. Anyway, uh, coming up in our second half hour, we'll have just about the best guy you can get to talk about Jeff Sessions resigning as attorney general uh, and how that will affect the Mueller investigation. We'll have Andy McCarthy at 530. He's a former U.S. attorney and a columnist at National Review. He's also the go-to guy for uh, stuff like that on Fox. You've seen him plenty of times. But coming up next, we like to question the conventional wisdom around here, and nobody does that better than the Allegheny Institute. Somebody said that Pittsburgh is the second most livable city in the United States. Well, Frank Gamrat of the Allegheny Institute is next. He says it's a hot, well, I say it's a hot steaming pile of horse manure. He doesn't, but he'll say something like that when we come back.
This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explain the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsruspittsburgh.com. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums going up next year and how much should you switch your part d prescription plan or drop it all together don't go it alone let marley financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want a plan that focuses not just on cost but quality with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses visit marleyfg.com today that's marleyfg.com Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, a few weeks ago, the mayor and the media were celebrating the fact that Pittsburgh had finished second on a list of the most livable cities in the United States. Honolulu was first, uh, and we did finish 32nd in the world on this list. But we like to question the conventional wisdom around here, as I said before the break. And nobody does that better than the Allegheny Institute. And we have the managing editor of the Allegheny Institute, Frank Gamrat, here right now joining us. Thanks for being here, Frank. Frank, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me today. So the uh, party poopers at the Allegheny Institute did it again, right? I mean, how can there be anything to complain about being named the second most livable city in, I guess it's in America, and somewhere up there, uh, 32nd on the planet? That is true. Uh, it is our job to be the region's party pooper. 
You know, <laughs> someone's got to rein these these folks back in. You know, look, when it comes to things like livability rankings, uh, the, the the media and the cheerleaders of the area they get all worked up over these things. Oh, we're the second best city in the country. And in the world, we're 37th, or sorry, 32nd in the world, only behind Honolulu in the U.S. We're yeah. doing great. But no one ever asked the hard questions. Who's ranking you, and what are they using to rank? Now, the ranking was done by The Economist. The Economist magazine is a very well-respected, up till now, established uh, publication that you know people really take seriously. So I thought, well, okay, let's see what they did. Now, they had 30 categories of the 30, 26 of them are based on opinion. And they have one correspondent in the city, and they use one person that is an expert in the country. So you're thinking, okay, now we're really getting getting kind of light here on, on the, the, the data because you're asking one person's opinion. Well, heck, I know one person, at least, and everyone does, that thinks this city's the greatest thing ever. I know one person can't wait to get out like everybody else does. So I guess it all depends on the subjectivity of the person you're talking to. Yeah, and um, it's a good marketing thing if you're trying to sell a magazine. Oh, absolutely. People and so, gobble this it, stuff up. And as you said, nobody's going to really, very few people except party poopers like you guys mm-hmm. are going to um, investigate it or even question it. Hey, that's great. Right. We we win, or we we mm-hmm. finished eighth out of ten. That's pretty good. Out oh, of a hundred, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so when you when you get down to it, let me give you some of the categories. For example, uh, the category where the area did best was education, and you're thinking, okay, we've got world class universities in the city of Pittsburgh: Carnegie Mellon, Pitt, Duquesne, etc. They looked at the availability of private education. They looked at the quality of private education and public education indicators. Two out of three are opinion. And what's even worse is they don't even tell you which aspect of education they're looking at. Is it K through 12? Is it the university system? What is it? They don't explain that at all. They just say, well, that's your highest score, and, you know, you, you got a you got a 100 on that. Well, in the United States, uh, the first six cities got 100% on, on education. So it's not that rare of a feat to achieve. Well, and you had a problem with Pittsburgh education being declared, uh, I think 100 was oh. uh, called ideal, if you got 100. I don't it know if anybody considers Pittsburgh city schools ideal. No, I mean, look... The, the, was it the city on great council, uh, great council schools, uh, a council, I'm sorry, council, the great city schools. In 2017, they wrote a scathing report chastising the city of Pittsburgh public schools for not having any improvement academically for the last decade. Ten years of no real academic improvement, yet this gives us a 100 in the eyes of the economist. Uh, you know, you're talking $20,000 per pupil and terrible test scores. And this was a huge part of pittsburgh finishing second because it got a exactly. hundred it got the highest possible score right. <clears throat> excuse and me education. in education and right and, and and like i said the top six american cities and and most of the top 14 15 american cities all got 100s so it wasn't a real high bar to clear um you know the, the other one that was really kind of funny that, that gave them a, a nice a high rating was infrastructure. They got a 96.4 out of 100 on infrastructure. And, and again, what's what's chuckling, and you know this as well, water reliability was one of the categories. Now, you're talking a city that just had the, the, the its water authority placed under oversight by the state because of all the leaks and all the cracking and the lead lines and all that stuff going on, and yet that gives them a high score. Well, it kind of <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of a joke my dad used to like to tell all the time about the the uh, the guy who was who's an old guy dies and everybody thought he was just a rat nobody nobody mm-hmm. liked him hated him and uh, he so he dies and the the minister says is there anybody here who can say anything good about Frank here who just died and somebody in the back of the room says his brother was worse. So, so I mean, is it so? So Pittsburgh, you, you, are you are you sure you're not just being a party pooper here, and that these other cities are actually worse than Pittsburgh? So Pittsburgh is more livable than these other places. You know, we're talking just the United States. Uh, you know, 
the water quality systems are much better. I don't know if too many other city water systems are now are so bad that they were placed under the oversight of the state. Yeah. Now, now, granted, in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about the globe. You know, water quality provision is an issue when you've got to walk, you know, five miles uh, with a bucket on your head to go get water. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll grant you that. But every American city, every every first world country that has indoor plumbing should do well on water provision. But yet. Pittsburgh just has such problems with leakages and a hundred-year-old fragile system that's breaking all the time. They need $5 billion to repair it. I can't understand how they got high marks on water quality. And uh, what about uh, transportation and and the airports? Um, I mean, does anybody really think our airport situation is good here? Well, that's just it. You know, people at the airport authority like to brag that they've got all these international flights to to Iceland, to Germany, to soon to be Great Britain, but they've all been subsidized. They've all been bought and paid for. They've all had you know public money given to them to start that that service. The demand really isn't there. They're being propped up by subsidies. Uh, you know, you look at even some of the domestic airlines, look at the subsidies they've given out to, let's say, OneJet, for example, which is biting them in the rear end right now as OneJet has declared bankruptcy. You know, the growth at the airport, you know, it needs to be more organic based on things like people's jobs and willingness to travel and all that kind of stuff, not because the airport's giving them money to start flying around. You know, that that is, is a farce in of itself. And then you mentioned public transportation. You know, we made the quip in the policy brief that they never asked about the cost of transportation. You know, when it comes to buses, we've got the second most expensive bus system on a per cap per rider basis behind only New York City. It's terribly expensive to run the Port Authority and the bus system around here. So, you know, how we can get good marks on public transportation is well beyond me, unless the one person who's the expert at The Economist just happens to be riding under the river. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Frank Gamrat. He's the executive director of the Allegheny Institute here in Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, what about the the uh, low score in cult? Well, wait, I want to ask you, before I get to that, sure. uh, you talk about the airlines being... Mm-hmm. Uh, subsidized. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that if you take a flight to Iceland, that somewhere along the line, I'm helping to pay for your ticket to go there? Uh, as long as you go to the casino. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, the reason, and the reason I say that is the subsidies were put into the the gaming law. The gaming law, and again, it was originally done to help the airport pay off the debt that it incurred when it built the new terminal. Yeah. Now, that debt has largely been paid off, and that subsidy was to end in 2017. Well, one of our local representatives added that back in there, so they will now get a subsidy from the gaming money in perpetuity. And it's like uh, $12 million a year. And, of course, so that, that money, money could go – sorry, excuse me. That, that, that oh, money could – if, if it were not going to pay for someone else to fly to Iceland, it could be used mm-hmm. for something like, I don't know, water? could be water and sewer. And let's not forget the original intent of the gaming law, lower property taxes. <laughs> it could have been used for, yeah, exactly. We all see how that's working out. Yeah. But it could have been used to lower property taxes instead of giving to the airport. See, I have a real problem when I hear about that, that somebody's, I don't care if it's taking one penny a week from me, mm-hmm. that I'm being forced to pay for somebody else to fly to Iceland. That just, right. I, 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 there's something about that that uh, it's not right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, pay your own way. And also, uh, the low score in culture and environment, uh, mm-hmm. but well, obviously they overcame, Pittsburgh overcame that in the uh, survey because it finished second, but the low, lowest score was culture yeah. and environment? Yeah, they that was their lowest score at 87.7. And, and that this one was kind of, kind of funny, it's funny ha-ha for us because sporting availability – yeah. We give these people brand new stadiums, a brand new arena, and this is the best we can do is 87.7. Um, but you know, there's also other factors in there, um, like, like humidity and temperature rating, which is one of the few numeric uh, variables they have in there. So I guess our temperature is not too good. This climate of climate, to, discomfort of climate to travelers. I have no idea what that means. I guess they don't like it <laughs> rained on the way we do. But there, the sporting availability is really the one that just makes us laugh because we have not enough to bend over backwards to provide the world-class, best ballpark in America stuff, and it's not enough to help us over this hump. 
So in the in the survey that ranked Pittsburgh second overall behind Honolulu, mm-hmm. uh, it was in spite of not getting a good mark for sports availability? That is correct. Pittsburgh? That's it. Honolulu, I guess, must have better uh, better sports teams than we do. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, no. U.S. News and World Report did another ranking, uh, and it's called right. the the one that you talked about was the the Economist magazine. Right, the Economist magazine is the one that ranked us as the second best city in in the United States and the thirty second best overall. Earlier in the spring, the the U.S. News and World Report ranked their best places to live. Now we look at their methodology, and they actually use real quali- qu- uh, quantitative variables like the job market, unemployment rate, average over 12 months, average salary. They look at a value index of household incomes and cost of living, and we finish way, way down the list. We are 57th. So, so that's that's life. a bit. Uh, and that's on the best places to live. That is on the best places to live. Um, analogy. Now, Honolulu also slid way down as well. Um, they, they were in the, in the 30s, if my memory serves. So, we second on one list, 57th on the other. The what? list that had us 57th actually looked at the economy, mm-hmm. actually looked at migration abilities. You know, we got our butts kicked on migration. You know, uh, give, you know they also took out the, the death and birth rates, but more people are leaving. It's the area, not just the city. I think that may, yeah. may need to be clarified, yeah. seven counties versus the city. But people are not moving in here. The second worst uh, score we had was on the, the labor market, you know, our, our uh, unemployment rate. Those two are highly linked. So why are people moving out, Frank? Well, they need a better opportunity to get a job. They're going elsewhere to find jobs. You know, it's it's when you see all those uh, terrible towels being waved at Steeler games around the country, people, and I I laugh, uh, people say this, the announcer will say, Steelers fans, boy, you know, they travel really well. No, they don't. They move really well. (laughs) They moved out of there. That's why there's so many Steeler bars in all these these little towns. People picked up and moved. I can remember being, I was in Indianapolis for a playoff game. I guess it was 2005, Steelers playoff game. And um, there were three, because we did like TV reports from there. There were three Steelers bars in Indianapolis. Yeah. Now, uh, do you think there there are any Indianapolis Colts bars here in Pittsburgh? Uh, Not a one. I'd, I'd bet my bottom dollar on that one. So how could Pittsburgh be made more livable in, uh, if it was up to the Allegheny Institute? Again, you know, we go back to attacking the basics, and that's the economy. You know, we've got to do things about this fealty to unions. You know, this notion of you if you're not a union member, you're not welcome here. You know, that's, that's crazy. Indiana's a right-to-work state. That's probably one of the reasons. You know, I, I just did a little vacation down in South Carolina where I went to grad school, there's factories being built all over the place. There's help wanted signs. You know, BMW went in there in the in the early '90s. They're still there, still cracking out cars. We have Volkswagen going to newsstand. They lasted a couple of years and they skedaddled. Difference, right to work. South Carolina's a right to work state. Pennsylvania is not. You have to join a union if you want a job there, and and the unions help kind of uh, cripple the economy. And then you've got these silly regulations that are being put out there. You know, you got a mayor in Pittsburgh wanting to mandate sick days. He wants to mandate levels of wages. All that scares employers away. They don't want to be part of that. Wow. So if you don't have a job, you you don't want to. You're not going to live here. You go somewhere else. And if the if the mayor is running around telling uh, telling everybody how wonderful it is that mm-hmm. somebody just de- declared that Pittsburgh is the second most livable city, um, that's not doing the citizens a favor, is it? No, not really. It's masking the problem. It's throwing lipstick on the pig, as they say. Well, Frank, uh, I appreciate uh, you being on, and I appreciate everything that the Allegheny Institute does, even though you are kind of party poopers. Well, that's okay. My wife's called me worse. (laughs) Thanks, Frank. (laughs) All right, John, thanks for having me. You have a great day. You too. See ya. And I should follow that by saying that uh, Pittsburgh is very livable to me. I wouldn't rather, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, but it's just those lists and everything that come out, it's some, I think they can do some harm because the politicians can run around and tell you everything is wonderful and then you believe it because of some bogus list that's based on nothing. Well, Tom Perez is the Democratic National Committee chairman. He says that firing Jeff Sessions is worse than Watergate. When we come back, we'll talk to a guy who knows all about that stuff. 
It'll be Andrew McCarthy. When we come back on AM 1250, The Answer, John Snoggerwald Show. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Using a smoke bomb and a handgun, a hooded Marine combat veteran identified as 28-year-old Ian David Long, dressed in all black, opened fire during college night at a country music bar in Thousand Oaks, California, killing 12 people and sending hundreds fleeing in terror before apparently taking his own life. Paul Delacorte, assistant director at the FBI office in Los Angeles, says they have no reports of any other threat at this moment. Uh, at this point, we do not have any indicators of other associates or uh, there are no other threats to the Los Angeles area. A police officer who didn't hesitate to run toward danger and a young man who aimed to join the military are among the 12 victims. Ventura County Sheriff Sergeant Ron Hellis was described as a hero after rushing through the gunfire. Cody Hoffman was a 22-year-old excited to welcome his baby sister. This is SRN News. She seems happier. Her fur is so much shinier, silkier, softer. She has really mellowed a lot. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life. The shedding has stopped. The itching has stopped. Since 2001, we've helped more than a quarter million dogs get over their nutritional deficiency miseries. And saved our customers bazillions in vet bills. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. Don't let your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy. Come to Dynavite for help. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot oh. com. Hugh Hewitt says place blame where it belongs. What you should not do is blame anyone other than the killer. Just like you should not blame anyone other than the bomber. Don't blame politicians for violence they don't encourage. Incitement is a concept dangerous to free speech. Responsibility for criminal acts lies with criminals, not with convenient political targets. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, on AM 1250, The Answer. Regional Asset District this month is expected to rubber stamp millions of dollars more in public money to help pay for upgrades to PNC Park and Heinz Field. Never mind that taxpayers continue to pay off the construction bills of both facilities. But a recent study by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy found that the Pirates and Steelers have not been paying any rent for their venues. Learn more about these sweetheart deals at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking is challenged every day. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. It is just busy all over the place. Going to start with a look at the Parkway East outbound. It's really heavy. Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale inbound. Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. 
and Bates Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Now, on the Parkway West outbound, you're slow from Carnegie out to 79, and inbound delays from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Also busy outbound 28, Veterans Bridge to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Partly to mostly cloudy tonight with rain developing toward daybreak, the low tonight 34. Tomorrow, cloudy with a cold rain, high 45. Brisk and cold tomorrow night with a bit of rain changing over to some snow showers, low 25. Saturday, a morning flurry or two, otherwise windy and cold with clouds breaking, high 35. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it was big news yesterday when Jeff Sessions resigned as attorney general, but it shouldn't have been all that surprising. President Trump was obviously waiting for the uh, election to be over, and Sessions resigned at the president's request, which means he was fired. I can't think of a better guy to talk to about this stuff than Andrew McCarthy. He's a former U.S. attorney and prosecuted the World Trade Center bombers. He's also a columnist at National Review. Andy, can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. A perfect time to talk to you. Thanks. John, it's my pleasure. So uh, I wasn't planning on asking you about this because I don't and I don't know if this came. Uh, he said this earlier and I missed it, but I just saw this a couple of minutes ago uh, on a website. It says uh, Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez says the firing of Jeff Sessions is worse than Watergate. You want to comment on that? I, the Democrats have my head spinning, John, because the last I remember. Um, Jeff Sessions was nominated by President Trump to be attorney general, and they all told us he was a racist and that the constitutional crisis was him being at the Justice Department in the first place. Now it's a constitutional crisis that he's leaving the Justice Department. So uh, your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Sounds like 180 degrees there. Um, That's the turn they know best. All right. So you describe yourself as a uh, Jeff Sessions fan in a piece you wrote today. So was he a good hire right up until he recused himself from the Russia investigation? Well, uh, yeah, I think he was. And I, I think if you, um, you know, you have to get uh, separate out two things. One is the Russia investigation, which is obviously the most important thing uh, to President Trump. And it was the one thing that he could never get past with Sessions because of the way that whole thing was handled, which was handled poorly, I thought. Uh, on Sessions' part, and also poorly on the president's part, by the way, but uh, that that's a different story. The, the other thing I think that has to be separated out is Sessions' tenure as attorney general, if you look at it overall. And overall, he was a stalwart uh, proponent of the agenda that President Trump ran on as a candidate uh, and tried to implement and has been trying to implement as president. Uh, he was a very effective attorney general. And to people like me, who are all-time Justice Department guys and think, think, think it's important, for example, to restore charging practices that the Obama administration uh, upended so that we go back to uh, prosecutors having to charge uh, the most readily provable, the most serious readily provable count in every case, so that that charging... Uh, is implemented across the board, and so that prosecutors are not uh, undoing the penalties that Congress wants or, or that Congress has assigned to, to you know, various forms of misconduct. Uh, those kind of things, I think Sessions was, uh, was an excellent attorney general for, and we'll miss him. And um, I'm trying to think back to two years ago when Sessions was uh, brought in and, you know, named as the attorney general, uh, President Trump, I mean, he, he had to know that the Russian, the Russian investigation was out there. What mm-hmm. was it about – what did the president miss that he should have known that this was going to cause the problem that it caused? Well, you know, I think – first of all, the president's not a lawyer, which is not an excuse. He's, he's got plenty of good legal help. But I really think, John, that um, what has happened here is – the Obama Justice Department used the Russia counterintelligence investigation as a pretext to monitor the Trump campaign. And a counterintelligence investigation is not 
a criminal investigation. When Trump came into office, he was told by uh, FBI director, then FBI director Comey, that he was not a suspect of any criminal misconduct. So Trump had no reason to believe that he was suspected of any criminal wrongdoing or that there was a criminal investigation directed at his administration. And I think his beef with, with Sessions, which I must say I agree with, is that, number one, Sessions' recusal, the president says it was unnecessary. I think he's wrong about that, but it was overbroad and it was premature. Uh, and I think more importantly, Sessions, I think, owed it to the president to tell him, you know, look, I think we're in a situation here where I need to recuse and give the White House and the president uh, a fair chance to talk him out of it. And this is obviously something I think that, you know, the issue you raise here is, a, is an appropriate one. This is something that should have been vetted in the process of, you know, Sessions going from a nominee to, you know, someone who went through confirmation hearings and ultimately being appointed. I mean, somebody should have figured this out and vetted them on it. Um, it's unfortunate that they didn't do that. But I think, you know, the president overreacted to what Sessions did because some kind of recusal uh, would have been necessary, although I don't think it, would have, it could have been much more narrow than what Sessions did. And I think Sessions really owed it to the president to give him a better opportunity to, to uh, try to at least narrow, if not uh, cancel out, Sessions' recusal. Yeah, and so uh, how do you see what would what happens if uh, somebody else had been named without this issue had been named gen uh, attorney general? I mean, what, how much different well, would things be? I, I guess it depends on who it was. So, for example, if Rod Rosenstein had been named attorney general, it wouldn't have been any different, right? Right. Um, on the other hand, if you had somebody um, who was more in the mold of you know, my sort of way of uh, of looking at this and, and looking at the rules that apply to special counsels and, and the like, there would have been no special counsel appointed. I mean, I don't think, first of all, it's, the special counsel is a terrible institution. Uh, it's terrible in and of itself. It's terrible for the country. Uh, it doesn't resemble uh, a regular prosecutor or a regular pro prosecutor's office. It's got perverse incentives up, down, and, and sideways. So I would never have one unless you had no other alternative but to have one. And in this case, there shouldn't have been one because there wasn't a ground, an articulable ground for a criminal investigation. The regulations say that there is supposed to be reason to believe there are grounds for a criminal investigation that the Justice Department is conflicted from before you appoint a special counsel. Here... There was no criminal investigation. There was no grounds for criminal investigation. And I don't believe there was any conflict of interest that would have prevented the Justice Department from handling this in the normal course. And I think that's been shown to be the case because Mueller, when he has returned these indictments, when he's done returning them, like the two Russian indictments, he transfers them to other components of the Justice Department, which you couldn't do if DOJ was disqualified. And um, so is witch hunt uh, an unfair uh, label to put on this? I, I don't like the term witch hunt, especially under circumstances where we don't know. We haven't yet seen Mueller's report. We don't know what he has. <clears throat> to me, a, a witch hunt would be um, if it turns out that you know, he didn't have any uh, parameters whatsoever of his investigation. Like, for example, if he went off as uh, as the new acting attorney general, Whitaker, uh, has, has posited or, or theorized, if he went off and just started to comb through Trump's financial records to look for a crime rather than, you know, having strict, guidelines of what his investigation was about that he honored so if he stuck it, it i don't think you should have had a special counsel for a counterintelligence investigation but if it turns out that Mueller has stuck to what he was told and 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 kept his investigation confined to russia and then he gets to the end of it and, it, and he says that you know trump didn't do anything wrong i think that's a valuable 
exoneration for Trump, and I wouldn't be belittling the value of it by by casting aspersions at the investigation. Now, I don't know if the, the Democrats and uh, the media, which sometimes are the same thing, uh, I don't know if they're, you can say their hair is on fire over Matthew Whitaker, but it's it's uh, smoldering. Uh, they, there's, there's things they don't like about him. What what's, what issues are they going to raise about him, and are any of them le- legitimate? Well, the you know, the issue about whether constitutionally uh, he qualifies to exercise the authorities of the attorney general because he hasn't been appointed or he hasn't been confirmed by the Senate is not a frivolous issue. That's a pretty uh, serious, uh, interesting issue, and it's been raised in a number of quarters today. The Justice Department has guidance, as I understand it, going back to 2003, that takes the position that if, if that acting is a different status than having the actual job. So that, for example, in, in uh, with, let's stick with Attorney General because that's the example in front of us. The Justice Department's position would be that the job of Attorney General is a principal officer of the United States, and under the Constitution you have to be confirmed by the Senate to exercise those powers. But that acting Attorney General is an inferior officer uh, and therefore, you don't have to be confirmed. And their rationale for that is that um, this is a limited gig for the acting attorney general. It's it's limited under the Vacancies Act by seven months. Now, to my mind, I must say, it 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 seems to me that it's more important what powers somebody is wielding than how long they get to wield them for. But that's not the position that. Uh, the Office of Legal Counsel, which is the lawyers' lawyers uh, in the Justice Department, came up with, and the OLC opinions generally um, ruled the roost at the Justice Department. We're talking to former U.S. Attorney, now columnist at National Review, among many other things, uh, Andrew McCarthy, here on AM 1250, The Answer. Um, uh, how about Rosenstein? How long is he uh, going to last? Well, you know, I think that it would... Uh, open a can of worms for Trump that Sessions wouldn't to remove Rosenstein because not only because he supervised Mueller for so long, but because he's kind of enmeshed in the facts of the investigation, which, by the way, is why people like me have been saying that he has a conflict of interest and shouldn't have been supervising the investigation in the first place. But Rosenstein authored the memo that was used to fire Comey. The firing of Comey is one of the things that Mueller is said to be looking at in the, in, through the prism of is it obstruction or not. I don't think it is, but he is investigating it. And it's pretty elementary that a lawyer uh, is not allowed to act as a lawyer in a situation where he's an actor in the facts that are under investigation. Um, but Rosenstein is enmeshed in that. Uh, he also signed off on one of the, the, the last FISA warrant application against Carter Page, the former Trump uh, national, not national security, foreign policy advisor. Uh, so he's also been involved in the back and forth between uh, the Justice Department and the FBI on the one hand and Congress on the other uh, as far as the investigation of the investigators is concerned. So he's, because Sessions was recused, He's kind of easy to get rid of because he wasn't enmeshed in this stuff. Rosenstein is, and I think that Trump is going to wait until Mueller files his report uh, before he acts on Rosenstein, if he's going to act on him at all. How much longer can uh, Mueller's investigation go, and do you think he's been sitting on any evidence that would, I don't know, qualify as a bombshell that's going to come out? I think it's highly unlikely that he's sitting on any bombshell evidence, John, only for two reasons. Number one, the leaking was so rampant before Mueller came along that if there was a smoking gun, I think we'd have heard about it by now. And secondly, if you look at the two Russia indictments that Mueller returned against those two groups of Russians, the troll farm case and the hacking case, they seem to preclude the possibility of an espionage conspiracy in which Americans... Not, you know, not just Trump, but Americans mm-hmm. uh, were complicit in. So since the, you know, given if, if you look at what Mueller himself has filed, 
if you look at the fact that in all this time that he's been there, he hasn't done anything to suggest at this point that Trump did anything wrong. None of the charges that, that Mueller has filed uh, implicate the president in any way. Uh, it would be a pretty serious 180, I think, to, to go back to that term, if uh, all of a sudden, you know, something were to fall out of the sky that looked like serious misconduct against Trump. And, you know, we have to keep reminding ourselves, former FBI Director Comey told Trump on three occasions that he was not a suspect. The only thing we know of that has gone on since then is this obstruction investigation of Trump. And there's a profound legal question here. I don't think it's obstruction for a president to exercise his lawful power to do things like remove the FBI director. So I don't think you can cite a president for obstruction for something like that. Well, hey, uh, Andrew, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's great to have you come on and do this because I, sh- I sure as I-, I couldn't explain any of this, and you did a great job of doing it. Thanks a lot. Well, well, thanks so much, John. Great to talk to you. Okay, see ya. Thank you. And that's uh, Andrew McCarthy of the National Review, the former U.S. attorney. When we come back, we're going to look at some stupid stuff. Uh, I don't know. What do you need? 69-year-old Dutch man seeks to change his legal age to 49? Why not? That's one thing we can look at. Stick around. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. It's been a full day. The to-do list is done, the kids are in bed, the dishes can wait. Right now, this moment is just for you. It's your chance to unwind. It's your end of day, ah. At the Original Mattress Factory, we're proud supporters of the end of day, ah, and we want to see how you relax at the end of your busiest days. Share your posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag end of day, ah, for the chance to win a $1,000 Original Mattress Factory gift certificate. Relax, you've earned it. AM 1250 Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping, like today. Stay road ready for half the price. Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw will change your oil and filter for half off at just $19.95. For repair and maintenance, ASC certified techs, Napa parts, and a fair price, go with Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw. Log on now to TheAnswerPGH.com, keyword shopping. Livability rankings are all the rage. Media lap them up with little or no context. 
Public officials and boosters tout the most laudatory rankings as proof positive that their cities are getting it right. But as the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy concludes, not all ranking methodologies are created equal, and some of the criteria used border on bogus. Learn more about the fallacies of livability rankings at AlleghenyInstitute.org. Challenging conventional thinking since 1995. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. You gotta love Emil Rattleband. He's 69 years old. He's a motivational speaker in the Netherlands. He has now uh, petitioned the court over there to change his legal age. He wants to be 49 instead of 69. And he uh, went to court, and uh, the judge didn't throw him out, I guess. He expressed some skepticism, it says here, but also noted that changing the sex on a birth certificate, as transgender people have the right to do, was once impossible and is now allowed. Yeah, I mean, people would have thought you were nuts if you went in and uh, said you you were no longer a man when you were obviously still a man. Uh, transgender people around the world have fought long legal battles for the right to change their birth certificates to match their gender identity. Where that is permitted, the legal requirements vary. And it says here, in the Netherlands, transgender people need a statement from an expert affirming that they have a permanent conviction that their gender does not match what is on their birth certificates and that they understand the repercussions of their decisions. This is why he wants to change his age to 49. When I'm 69, I'm limited. I'm 49. If I'm 49, I can buy a new house, drive a different car. I can take up more work. When I'm on Tinder and it says I'm 69, I don't get an answer. When I'm 49 with the face I have, I will be in a luxurious position. And his website says that he has seven children and a steady relationship with a woman of his dreams. But he told some media outlets that he is dating. That doesn't kind of go together, does it? He's also dating, uh, and he's uh, seeking to have more children with surrogate mothers. So what, I mean, this sounds insane, right? Uh, but I don't think it sounds any, I don't know, it doesn't sound insane to me. If you can if you can be a man and just wake up one day and decide that you're a woman, what's the difference? If you say, if you're 69, you say, I know, I was born 69 years ago, but I identify as a 49-year-old. And I'm going on Tinder as a 49-year-old, and I'm going to go get a mortgage. And I'm going to tell him, yeah, I'll be around for 30 years. I'm 49, not 69. So um, good for him. Emil Rattleband. Of course, that's in the Netherlands, so it's not going to have any effect over here. But believe me, it's only a matter of time till somebody tries it over here. I'm thinking about it. Um, if I have the time, maybe I'll do it. I wouldn't mind being 49. I don't know what good it would do me. Anyway, uh, we're out of time, and thanks for listening. And we'll be back here tomorrow on the John Stoggerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Thanks. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.